0: You are listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. We talk often about a generation that would know know who God has called them to be, and a generation that would that would be built up, that wouldn't have to walk through the things of deliverance that we've had to walk through, right? That wouldn't have to struggle with the lies that we've had to struggle with or wouldn't have to um, navigate away or encounter a level of darkness that maybe some of us in here have had to encounter. But the thing about that is is what happens oftentimes, especially in Western Christianity, is we see that as the church's job. It's not the church's job As far as those that work for the church? No, well, okay, I don't, yeah, come on, let's do it. We can get it done. She's kind of calling my bluff right now. (laughs) She didn't like it. She didn't want what I had to say, I guess. But something that we've been reflecting on as a staff is this recognition of how little time we get with those that are most valuable. I mean, I'm, I'm asking an impossible thing. Uh, we are asking an impossible thing of our children's minister and our youth pastor. To change these kids' lives with an hour. But guess what? They live with you. They don't live with us. Mine are my job. And they need to see Christ in me. But... There is a recognition that if we want to see the generation of kids rise up that know who the Lord has called them to be and don't struggle with any any lie or any false identity, if that's going to happen, it requires effort on all of our parts. We can't just talk about it and hope it happens. Remember, we talked about that last week. We cannot choose a spirit of helplessness because we see a large task. That is a big task that a generation, I'm talking about millions of people, would only know who God has called them to be. But the Lord has called us to it, right? Israelites and and Deuteronomy, as they see the magnitude of the task in front of them, trying to enter into the promised land, looking at the giants that they face, they've forgotten how how quickly they've forgotten the God that had sent them. They forgot the size of this God that had sent them in. We cannot forget the size of the God that has called us to free a generation. But we also got to recognize that talking about it won't get it done. Talking about it in here won't get it done. Because all they get in here is an hour two hour tops. They live life out there. And guess who else lives life out there? We do. All right? So we should get them. I love that word from Melissa. Um, I'm I'm not washing feet again. We're going to come back to an example. Um, But this morning, we're going to be taking communion. We've not done this with me as pastor uh, for a reason. Uh, not because I didn't want us to, but because I knew the first moment that we did had to be so clearly obedience. And this morning is that morning. And also we had to nav—we had to find some ways that we could navigate COVID and all that fun stuff. And we found it, all right? All of those things. If you don't have one, I've got the box up here. You can come and get one when it's time. Um, packaged by... Someone wearing a mask, wearing gloves, um, so that you could take them in a, and enjoy that uh, safely. Um, but we're going to be talking about, we're going to be taking communion this morning, but before that, we've got we to focus on something. Uh, Zach taught for me on Wednesday, and he taught on this need to remove the schism from the body of Christ. For those that don't know what that means, like I, I did, I had no idea what he was talking about. I had to look it up. But a schism... Is a split or division caused by a difference in opinion or belief? And think about the links and how wide some of these divides are from the tiniest little disagreement. How many churches did this town used to have? A lot. And it all was based around a difference of opinion. That we would not gather together Because we had a difference in what this said. And to think that that was a healthy and productive move, one of the greatest lies we've ever believed. Because that was a massive schism. A massive divide in the church. and We broke it up. There was, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, We've read this several times. But there was a great divide between us and the Father, was there not? At the fall of man, did a divide, a divide too large for anyone to overcome. Overwhelmingly big, getting bigger by the day. There was an impossibility about this divide that was between us and the Father, but Christ. Amen? But Christ. He reconciled that. And we see that. We're going to read that real quick. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Entrusting to us. The message of reconciliation that he died for. Just hold on to that. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God for our sake. He He made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So can we afford... And really, think about this. Look at the times we're in. Can we afford any division in the body of Christ right now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. To harbor division is old creation stuff. It is not new creation stuff. Last week, we talked about abundance and dominion, and in Genesis 1.28, we see the blessing. We've just been created in Genesis 1.27, and in Genesis 1.28, we see the blessing that God has intended for His creation, that we would have dominion over all of the earth, right? We talked about dominion. And in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come To give you life that you may have life and have it abundantly. From Jesus. So we talked about not just that we are meant to have dominion, but we're meant to have an abundance of life. Not just live life, but live in an abundance of life. Real quick. Where do we have dominion? You guys remember this? Where do we have dominion? If this, we've talked about this before with Randy. The will of God is what? What's the analogy that I use for this? It's a backyard, right? It's a backyard, okay? So here we are, my little plastic backyard, okay? The will of God. And we talked about where an abundance is and where we have dominion. Can you have dominion out here outside the will of God who gave you the dominion? No, you gotta have it in the will, right? Okay, and we talked about where's abundance come into play? Do I have an abundance yet? Is it possible to operate within the will of God fully and not also experience abundance? It is not. My kid could stand in the backyard. He'd be in my will. And he cannot move. And he could do nothing. Where does abundance come into play? Right? Overflow equals abundance. What happens when I have division? Harbor it in my heart. Anything going on in this cup? Is there any abundance? Is there any overflow? No, we've, we've talked about this before, about how we can shut off the flow of God and how, how easy it was for me to fill up that cup and how easy it was for it to become full and become an abundance, an overflow. But if I put like an eyedrop container and try to fill it up, it wouldn't work very well, right? But take that a step further. If we harbor division, the body of Christ that are meant to be members, one of another harbor division, I don't, there's not a little, a little opening for the river of life to flow in. There is no opening for the river of life to flow in if division is harbored in us. Those meant for fellowship and unity. How can it be? How can we exist in the will of God? I only, I only kept this, hear me there. I only kept this in here because I didn't want to clean up the carpet. Okay? But there is, there is absolutely no way, one, that we can exist in the will of God. He who created us to exist in the will of God is to exist in the way that he has created us to exist. Which is, like we just talked about, a vessel for the presence of God. But if we are shut off to God because we harbor division, you are not operating in the purpose in which God has created you. But we harbor division in such a way and we won't let go of it. And what, we come back to this all the time, but we've got an issue with a lot of stuff going on out there. And that's okay. I've got a problem with it too. There's a lot of crazy stuff. Where did they learn it? They were taught division. My sons did not grow up divided with me. They are for me and they know I'm for them. But the second they begin to doubt that, because someone begins to speak to them that which is untrue about me and they choose to believe it, we will not see unity there. We'll see this little crack. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy through fear, doubt, and vision. That's how it comes. But where has the enemy struck first? And the people of God. And the rest has taken care of itself. We act like he's just running around busy as he can be. Factories and all this stuff. And the enemy's just doing all he can. He's not having to do very much. We've done a lot of it for him. A lot of it for him. We got to go to a house this week. And we got to, uh, they, were having, they were having some dark encounters. And we got to go into it to, to seal that and end that in those encounters. We just simply walked in the house and it was gone. Not there anymore. Something that had lived there and tormented a family was gone like that. And it wasn't that we even walked in the house and then it it was leaving. It heard we were coming. The Lord told me very clearly, I was on 1585 driving with my beautiful wife on the way and we're just listening to music and the Lord said, he's already gone. He heard you were coming. He didn't want no part of it. It was in his best interest if he left. It is so simple to walk in the power and authority and unity of Christ, but we harbor division. the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy through fear, doubt, and division. But the children of God are the answer to destroying those things. You You are the unity to the division we see out there. You've been called a bridge builder, right? You've been called a bridge builder. We cannot overflow and have abundance if we are shut off from the river of life. Can I even be fully in the will of God with the vision harbored in me? No. And think about, again, go back to the story that Jay told us last week. It was a Native American man. Not growing up in easy times for Native Americans. Did you see, did they encounter the river of life or not? And could you have blamed him for harboring division towards those people? I couldn't. But what did they encounter? They encountered Christ. They encountered the ministry of reconciliation. Because he found himself fully in the will of God. I'm gonna read a bunch of scriptures are gonna be on the screen. Just follow along there. First John one seven. Write these down if you can to reflect on these later. First John one seven. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What's that remind you of? That reminds me of John 15. If we simply abide, no longer I who live, but Christ in me, we will find ourselves in fellowship. We will find ourselves in fellowship. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship. Think about that just for a second. And everything that we see, again, I have to continue to bring us to this place of perspective. Everything we see, is this still true? That we are his workmanship. Is it true? That we are his workmanship. Now think about that against the gravity of what we see out there. It has a different weight to it. We are his workmanship. You don't build something just on accident. He had intent. And he knew... The days that we would live in. And we are still, that truth is still true today. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Matthew 5. Verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except What did we just read about light? Where, where, does, where do we become this light? When well, we have fellowship and walk with Christ. Where do we find that right smack dab in the will of God? But to exist in there, we cannot have division in here. Right here, where we harbor it. And then John 4. Verse 23. But the hour is coming... And is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such a people to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him worship in spirit and truth. And go back to... I want you to go there this time. I want you to go back to 2 Corinthians 5.20. This... We focus on this passage. I know for me personally, every time I uh, teach on this passage, I'm focusing on the ministry of reconciliation that we have been given, that Christ has given to us. But there is something so profound here. Hit me so, so differently. In verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. The creator of the universe making his appeal through you. That's insane to me. That's a profound, profound thought. God making his appeal through us. But what appeal do they see? You know, we were in this house and um, the, the husband has, has gone through some terrible things. Terrible things. And is, is rightly upset with God. I say rightly upset with God because he's rightly upset with the God he's been told of. With the appeal of God he's been shown. And that God is very, very small. Very ineffective, without power, judgmental, unkind, punishing his children when they're disobedient, punishing, punishing innocent people for no reason. He's been taught one of these things that, thank God, the Lord has shown us the truth of it, but he's been taught that God's in control. So every terrible thing you've seen, he has orchestrated And if we teach it and we display it, well, it's just, it is for your good. It's just incredibly tragic. Some of the things that we've encountered, you you explained to me how those things, just think about the horrible things that even you've encountered. How would we explain it was for your good? It never says that. It never says terrible things will happen to you for your good. It does say he works all things for the good of those that love him. Meaning we're not going to avoid hard and horrible things, but he will make them and work them for our good like only he can, amen? But we have people that have seen the appeal of God that He is trying to make through us, and they have not seen one that is very impressive. They have seen one of division. They have seen a group of people that can't even get along within their own community, so why would I join them? There's no no unity there, so why why do I need to be a part of it to have unity? There's no unity in it. And then 1 Corinthians... 11, just a few pages over. Verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In remembrance of me. How can we take of the body and take of the blood of Christ who freely gave his life that we could be reconciled back to God. How can we take of that while harboring division. While harboring a schism. And I mean, just simply look at the wrong that we have done towards Christ. Just, just take the last week. Have you found him to harbor any division towards you? Think of the things that you have done. The sin that you've continued in, that grace may abound. Have you found any division in Christ towards you? No. No. And he freely gave his life for you. And we will never find division in his heart towards us. So before we take of the body and blood, I have this desire, the Lord has this desire for us this morning that we would remember Christ and his specific love towards us. He said this morning, and he's anointed this for this morning, That in our remembering of what he's done on our behalf. And I'm not talking about him dying on the cross for you. I'm talking about the very, very, very specific things that you know he has done in your life for you. In remembering that he's going to remove any divide in you. He is going to use that to wash any division that you are harboring. But I would ask you this morning before you start to think about all the things Christ has done before you before you really get in the mindset of doing this in remembrance of him set your heart to the place of yes that you want the divide and the division gone I'm telling you I'm not I'm not saying this is a convicting thing because we know that there's no such thing as conviction in the body of Christ because conviction has guilt Right if you're convicted in a court system you're guilty God does not operate with conviction and guilt. He shows us the man of Christ in the life he lived and we can then see where we are in the measure of that. No such thing as conviction. So I'm not asking you to feel convicted about something this morning because that's not of God. But I am asking you to set your heart to the place of yes, that those little things that we hold on to just throughout our week, the little things that people do, that just kind of like, ugh, And a lot of times we experience it and they're doing it towards you. It's okay. Because the Lord has such a desire to do what in his people? To reestablish a mysterious people. A people like Stephen. Getting stoned to death in the streets. Smiling and looking up into heaven. Seeing the heart of God towards him. That was a mysterious people. I wonder how many people threw one of those rocks and saw him still smiling looking up to God and were kind of like, I don't know if I want to pick up another one. To be killing someone and them harbor no ill intent or division towards you. That's the heart of God. What did Jesus say on the cross? Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. What did he do on the cross? He ministered to the two guys right next to him. Wow. That he would minister and he would reflect the heart of God to the point of his last breath. Only possible because there was nothing that he was taking ownership of. No hurt, no action. He wasn't owning any of it. He was falling off because he lived in the abundance, he lived in the overflow. His greatest joy was simply to be obedient to Christ. And because of that, and because of the position of his heart, he ministered literally to the point of his death. Wow. But Christ has not lived that we would cease a life unattainable. He has lived and put on display what it is to be a vessel for the presence of God, the life that we can attain. Living, operating daily with the presence of God overflowing out of us. Operating in the will of God, overflowing in abundance. He has called us into it. But set your heart first to this place of yes, that as the Lord brings to mind any division or anything that you're harboring, maybe things that you didn't even realize you were harboring. I'm telling you, when I'm doing this with the Lord, even now, I'm thinking about people and it's like, oh man, yeah, I don't, I'm mad at that person. I didn't realize I was. Or, or how easily, maybe if I'm not harboring anything right now, but how easily I'll take one of those actions. I'll just attach it, staple it right to my heart. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be hurt by this. I do it often. So I'm asking us to allow this morning for Christ to continue to build a mysterious people a people that will harbor no division, will harbor no schism, will not allow it to exist in the body of Christ. That we would say yes to what the Lord has and then truly take this offering, truly take of the body, take of the blood in remembrance of Christ. Fully in remembrance of Christ. I'm telling you this morning, this may be the first time I ever take this offering truly in the remembrance of Christ taking it most of my life because it was culturally the thing we did but to simply reflect on Christ and who he is and what he's done for me and what he's doing and who he is to me each and every day and then allow that very thought allow those memories, allow those miraculous works to destroy any divide that has been built in my heart amen? Amen. Does everybody have one? Everybody got one? We got them right up here. Now, we're going to do this together. I'm going to read this scripture. We're going to do it. I used to love when we did this in church as a unified body, taking it together. If you've already rushed in, you've already got the cracker in your mouth. I won't judge you. All right. I used to do that all the time, too. I was always that kid that saw bread, and I was hungry. Go ahead and open it up. That wafer's on top. I got to open it up, too. Here we go. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also took the cup. After supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. A people restored to mystery, a new creation. Lord, we love you. Lord, we pray that you would be magnified in this place. I pray that we would be a people that allow absolutely no division to exist in our hearts. Father God, but we would be a people unified. Lord, we get to meet together once or twice a week to sing praises corporately. And to learn and press into your heart corporately together, I pray that it would not ever be wasted by division existing in us. But Lord, I pray that in this house would be a people that operate as Christ did, free of any schism, free of any divide, free of any division. That we would be a people of mystery restored. Lord, you are good and you are worthy. And I thank you for what you're building in this place, in this house, and what we get to be a part of. You are good and you are worthy. Let us always find ourselves completely open to you, right smack dab in the middle of your will, operating in abundance, operating in the overflow, because then in that place we have dominion. In that place, anywhere we go, we are the authority. In that place, any room we enter into, the presence of God enters with us and not only enters with us, but is established and remains in that place. You are good and you are worthy. Lord, as we, as we finish this service, this offering of time to you, and we sing with the breath in our lungs that you've given to us, I pray that your heart would be blessed. Lord, and I pray that you would truly find us without a divide. You are good and you are worthy, and I, again, Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.